Shalom to you all, dear friends. We are starting together in this uh, session the lessons that we learn from the covenants, the britot, which God made with humanity in the Word of God, in the Scriptures. It is fascinating to learn of the covenants of God. We have already introduced this earlier, that God made eight covenants with the human race. These eight covenants are made by God, and they are called the Idani Covenant, which was made with Adam in the Garden of Eden before his fall. And then we have the Adamic Covenant, which was made with Adam in the Garden of Eden after his fall into sin. And then the next covenant will be the Noahic Covenant, the covenant that God made with Noah and his descendants. And then, of course, the additional five covenants which God made with Abraham, the Hebrew, and his descendants. The Abrahamic Covenant, the Mount Sinai Covenant, the Davidic Covenant, the Land Covenant, which God made with Israel, and ultimately the New Covenant, Jeremiah chapter 31. In Hebrew, we call it the Brit HaChadasha. In this session, I would like to present before you the Second Covenant, which is called the Adamic Covenant, or the covenant that God made with Adam, as the federal head over all those that will come out of him through Eve, Chava, and all the descendants of Adam are seen here in this second covenant. To remind you that in the Edenic covenant, in the covenant that God made with Adam in the Garden of Eden, he made this covenant with Adam before Adam fell into sin. That was found in Genesis 1 and Genesis chapter 2. And now we are moving along to the second covenant, which God made with Adam, the Adamic covenant. But this covenant is made with Adam after his fall into sin. And so we read in Genesis chapter 3 and verses 14 to 19, it is called the Adamic Covenant. In Hebrew, it's called Brit Im Adam. And that covenant is found in Genesis chapter 3 and verses 14 to 19. Let me read this uh, for you, my dear friend. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field, Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and thus shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow, and thy conception, 
In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it, cursed is the ground for thy sake, in sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns and thistles also shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herbs of the field. In the sweat of thy face thou shalt eat bread till thou return unto the ground. For out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. Very interesting, this uh, beloved uh, friend. This is the second covenant that God made with humanity. And of course, Adam is the federal head of the whole human race. Again, Adam now is no longer innocent. Eve is now no longer innocent. Both of them are sinners. In Hebrew, they are called chotim. They missed the mark. They violated God's word. Adam, as the federal head of the whole human race, had plunged the whole human race, meaning all the descendants of Adam, into sin. That's why Adam is now is a sinner, and you and I who are, who are descendants of Adam, we are called chotim, sinners. We miss the mark. We have an evil nature. We have a sin nature. And this sin nature is that with which we were born as descendants of Adam and Eve. In Hebrew, they are called Adam vechava, Adam and Eve. Now, I want you to notice that while in the first covenant that God made with Adam in Eden, in the Garden of Eden, God said to him, Here's the condition, the day that you will eat out of this tree, thou shalt surely die. In Hebrew, motamut, dying you will die. Well, Adam and Eve right now are dead spiritually, even though they are still alive. No longer having fellowship with God, having a distance with God, uh, from God, like all humanity, all the descendants of Adam and Eve, including you and I by nature, we are a distance from God. Spiritually separated. Spiritually dead. Isaiah 59 says, Your iniquities have separated between you and your God. So now God graciously make a second covenant with Adam and all humanity. And in this second covenant, he gives a promise, unconditional promise. This is an unconditional covenant. Brit im Adam, without condition, just presenting the facts and the consequence of sin that will bring about in the life of, first of all, the serpent, Hanachash, secondly, Satan, 
Hasatan, the one who beguiled Eve. Thirdly, with Chava, with Eve, who who uh, were beguiled because she listened to the voice of the devil rather than to the voice of her husband and the voice of God. And finally, with Adam, Adam himself, who disobeyed the word of God. And so I want you to notice what we have here in this uh, second covenant, the Adamic covenant, Brit Im Ha'adam. We first of all want to notice that in verse 14 of Genesis chapter 3, we have God first speaking. To whom does he speak first? In verse 14, he's speaking to the serpent himself. The serpent, of course, is an animal that God have created here in this world. And he was the one uh, that was used by Satan. But notice... This uh, serpent, according to verse 14, and the Lord God said unto the serpent, Lanachash, because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all the cattle uh, and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shall thou go, and dust shall thou eat all the days of thy life. It may be that the serpent may have had legs or even may have have uh, it could fly but now god cursed this serpent and the serpent was now as it says here in verse 14 the serpent's judgment was that he will be cursed above all the as it says here in verse 14 all above all cattle and above every beast of the field the serpent which was used by satan is now cursed by god and you notice, secondly, he will be upon thy belly shall thou go. He will go upon his belly. That's why it may have been that before God's judgment upon the serpent, that he may had leg or maybe he did had even wings and could fly. But now he's cursed and he's placed on the ground and that he's going on the ground, as it says, upon thy, thy belly. You will be, and then he, thirdly, we read here in verse 14, the dust shall thou eat all the days of thy life. And that expression, dust, afar in Hebrew, means that when the serpent will be on the ground, he will be near to the dust and he will, you might say, not that he will eat dust, but, but this is an expression that shows us that the serpent will be so close to the ground such a in such a judgmental way in which God judged the serpent. And he, of course, eat other things. He doesn't eat dust. But nevertheless, it is a way whereby God have judged the serpent to be uh, on his belly all the days of his life. Now, from the serpent, in verse 15, now God pronounced judgment upon the Satan to remind you that Satan was the one that have entered. This is Lucifer. This is the angel that God have created for his pleasure, who was not satisfied with the place that God had given to him, who wanted to dethrone God who wanted to take the place of God. And according to Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28, he said, I will be like the most high in pride 
he fell into this sin and he became what we know him in scripture today as Satan himself. And to Satan, God says in verse 15, and you will see how interesting, because God is punishing Satan here in this Adamic covenant, the second covenant, and at the same time, he presents before him as Adam and Eve listening to the judgment going to come upon Satan, and that ultimately God will bring about into this world one that is called the seed of the woman that will defeat Satan and will provide redemption for the fallen human race. Satan was beguiled Eve through Satan. Ultimately, Eve and Adam fell into sin, and yet one will come who is above Adam, is above all others. Of course, the Messiah is seen before us here, who would come, who is called the seed of the woman, who will come to crush the head of Satan, though Satan will bruise his heel. And beloved friend, in verse 15 of Genesis chapter 3, we have the first promise in the word of God of the coming Mashiach, the coming Redeemer, the coming Messiah that will come, who is called the seed of the woman. Listen to this. It says in verse 15, I will put enmity between thee, this is Satan, and the woman, this is the Isha, and between thy seed, notice, Satan's seed, that's apply, of course, to the coming counterfeit Messiah, the false Messiah that will rise in a future day. And then I will put an enmity between thy seed and her seed. In Hebrew, Zara'ah, the seed of the woman that will come in the future day, and he will be the one that will, notice it says here in verse 15, it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. This is a reference, of course, to the death of the Messiah, whose heel will be bruised. But at the same time, through the death of the Mashiach, in this first promise of a seed that will come, someone that will be born of a woman, a virgin birth, that he will be the one who will defeat Satan and will restore the human race unto uh, the, the Lord himself. It is very interesting that a bit later on in Genesis chapter 22 and verse 18 we read, and in thy seed, God said to Abraham, our father, in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. The seed of the woman later on is called the seed of Abraham. Beautiful to see this promise that the Lord had given to Abraham. Later on, God had promised to the nation of Israel in a uh, Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14, God had promised to the house of David, Beit David, he said, therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign, behold a virgin, Alma, shall be shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. This is the promise that was given to the woman, to Abraham, to the rest of the nation of Israel, through the prophet Isaiah, and as we read here in Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4, but in the fullness of the time, 
God sent forth his son. This is the Mashiach, the seed of the woman, made of a woman, who was born to a woman, made under the law. He was born to the nation of Israel as a Jewish man, a descendant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and ultimately to the family of a, a, a Jesse, the house of David, to the uh, which came from the tribe of Yehuda, and the Messiah was born in the fullness of the time God sent forth the Messiah, his son, born of a woman, made under the law, and why was he born? In order that he says to redeem them which were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Dear friend, this is fascinating, this second Covenant, the Adamic covenant as the federal head, Adam received that promise, but not without judgment and punishment as a consequence of a sin. Now notice this. We read verse 14, God disciplined upon the serpent. Verse 15, God disciplined that will fall upon Satan who will ultimately be defeated by the seed of the woman. And as verse 15 tells us that uh, that the seed of the woman will crush the head of Satan while Satan will bruise the heel of the seed of the woman. And that has a reference, of course, to the death of our Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, who was bruised. He was bruised for our iniquities. Isaiah said it in Isaiah chapter 53. He died. He had to pay for the penalty of sin. But when the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus died, he totally destroyed. He totally defeated uh, Satan. And Satan has no longer power over the human race and those, of course, that believe on him. I just want to read a verse in Hebrews chapter 4, where it says, actually it's in Hebrews chapter 2, in verse 14, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, this is human race, we are partakers of flesh and blood, he also, namely Yeshua, the Messiah, Jesus the Messiah, he himself likewise took part of the same. He became a man, flesh and blood. Why? That he through death might destroy him that has the power of death. That is the devil. And so my dear friends, here we have the new covenant made with Adam after his fall with a promise, unconditional promise that the Messiah will come and will ultimately provide redemption for mankind. Well, in the next verses, this is verse 16, we read of the discipline, of the punishment, of the judgment that will fall upon Chava, upon the woman. It says in verse 16, Unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply thy soul and thy conception, in so thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. To the woman, God says in verse 16, he give a threefold judgment that will fall upon the woman, and that is from there on upon all women that are descendants of Adam and Eve, Adam and Chava. Three parts of this judgment. First of all, 
God will multiply sorrow in conception. Notice that verse 16. In uh, you shall greatly, he says here, multiply, I will greatly multiply thy sorrows. In other words, there would be etsev, in Hebrew the word etsev, you will be sad and painful, experience sorrows as you will bring forth children. That's what God is saying. Conception will be involved with uh, sorrows. Secondly, sorrow will also be involved in delivering children and raising children. We see here in verse 16, in sorrow thou shalt bring forth children. The word bring forth children comes from the Hebrew word teldi, laledet, means you will give birth also with much sorrow. The word for sorrow is to be sad and pain. It's involved pain that involve in not only being conceived, but also in bearing children. And finally, notice it says in verse uh, 16, that your desire shall be to thy husband and he shall rule over thee. The woman will be in subjection to her husband and he will rule over her. In other words, the woman will be dependent upon her husband. And you can see, my dear friend, that here in that uh, discipline of the Lord, that will involve uh, much of, um, you might say, the experience of a, sub, a submissiveness that is necessary, which is was not a problem before sin came in. After all, in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve were innocent. There was no sin in them. God made the man, and he took the rib out of his side, and he created Chava, the woman. And he was created to be a helpmeet. But when sin came, from here on you would see that there will be a problem and conflict will come along with submissiveness to the uh, headship of the men in any family, husband and wife relationship. So God said, your desire should be to your husband, but he will rule over the, the word for rule is limshol, huyimshal. Bach, it simply means that he will be the one that will be the head, the governor, you might say. But, of course, a godly husband will treat his wife well, and a godly wife will recognize the fact that she was created to be a helpmeet. But because sin have entered, this will be a conflict that will continue on throughout the history between a husband and a wife, the man and the woman. Well, it is extremely interesting to see how the uh, Lord uh, 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 judged and punished, first of all, the serpent, then Satan, thirdly, the woman, and now, finally, in the last portion of Genesis chapter 3 and verses 17, 18, and 19, God pronounced judgment and punishment upon Adam, who is the federal head of the human race. 
Notice what we read here. A few statements that are very interesting. Kind of uh, sad to see what sin, what disobedience brought about in the, you might say, in the lives of Adam as the federal head, but all of us who are his descendants. The condition that existing in life today, proven the truthfulness of the word of God that he presented before us here in Genesis chapter 3, verses 17, 18, and 19. First of all, in verse 17a, God gives Adam the reason why he judge him. And unto Adam he said, because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife. Because you have hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and listen, and have eaten of the tree which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. To remind you, my dear friend, in the chapter 2, a bit earlier, in verses 15, 16, and 17, God said, The Lord took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou may freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou shalt eat thereof thou shalt surely die. My dear friend, Adam violated God's word. And so immediately when he and Eve, Adam and Chava, violated God's word, they died. But they died spiritually. And spiritually simply means that they were separated from God. They no longer could enjoy the presence of God. That's why they were hiding behind the trees. But now notice. Now God gave him the reason why he is judging him and all of us, all humanity, because of this. He continued now to give us in verse 17b the fact that here we have the curse itself. In verse 17b we read, Cursed be the ground for thy sake, and in sorrow thou shalt eat all the days of thy life. In other words, the ground, which at first was not cursed, because God blessed Adam in the garden of delight. But now the ground is being cursed. Come from the Hebrew word arur, and the word arur in Hebrew simply means that the, 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 Ground is now no longer in the same condition as it was before. It's the opposite of blessing. Curse, arur, blessing, bracha. is the opposite of blessing. When God blessed the ground, he pour upon the ground his blessing. There is fruit and vegetables and blessing for humanity. But when God cursed the ground, it's no longer in the same way of the growth and the, and the enjoyment of the, of the fruit that rises up from the ground. No, because God judged the earth, judged the ground because of Adam's disobedience. So he cursed, and he said in verse 17, cursed is the ground for thy sake, Adam. And then he continued in verse 17, see, and he said, in sorrow thou shalt eat of all of it, all the days of thy life. And the word for so is again, like with the woman, to be sad, 
Be'itzavon in Hebrew. In sadness, you will eat from that ground. Labor, labor after labor, and the, there will be, you might say, a, a cursing upon the ground that Adam will have to work extremely hard in order to bring forth food for himself, for his wife, and ultimately later on for his children, his own family. So here you can see the judgment of God upon Adam because of his disobedience. In verse 18, the ground will bring also thorns and thistles. Thorns and thistles shall it bring forth unto thee, and thou shalt eat the herbs of the field. Now we are no longer going to have herbs growing up as Adam enjoyed in the Garden of Eden. But there will be thorns and thistles. In Hebrew, it's called um, kots or kotsim and dardar, dardarim. Is these prickly uh, thorns that will be part of the herbs alongside the herbs that will grow from the ground. And Adam will have to sow this out and will not enjoy just to take the herbs Without any difficulties, now the same ground that once would provide only herbs and trees, now it will also provide and allow God allow it in judgment to grow thorns and thistles. This is the judgment of God upon Adam because of his disobedience. Notice in verses 19, these two points in verse 19. In verse 19a, God says, in the sweat of thy face thou shalt eat bread. In a face, in the sweat of thy face thou shalt eat bread. In other words, you will have a hard time to work and labor in order to provide lechem, to provide bread. And while Adam was to work in the garden of Eden and to take care of the ground and labor, but he was not involved sweating. And now it is involved hard labor, sweating as Adam would work the ground in order to provide for himself food to eat. And finally, my dear friends, it is the physical death that will come upon Adam and upon all Adam's descendants. We read in verse 19b these words. It says here, you will eat with the sweat of your brow, you will bring bread out of the ground, but it says, until you will return unto the ground, for out of it was thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto the dust shalt thou return. It is very interesting because the word ground comes from the Hebrew word Adama. And the word Adama is the name of Adam. Adam came from the Adama. And now God is judging Adam. And not only that Adam died spiritually when he first have eaten from the tree of the, from the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, in addition to spiritual death, which brought a separation between Adam and Eve and God, now there will be the physical death that will bring about physical separation between the body 
the soul and the spirit. It is interesting to see how true it is that God judge man because of sin and ultimately Adam will return to the dust. To remind you that in chapter 2 and verse 7 we read, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. And he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Now God brought Adam, he created Adam out of the dust of the ground. And now because of the sin of disobedience, Adam and Eve and all of us, as descendants of Adam and Eve, all of us will experience the process of death that is part and parcel in the life of all of us that was born, that were born into this world. Here's a verse that the apostle wrote to the early Hebrew believers in Yeshua the Messiah. And he reminded these Hebrew believers, he said to them, as it is appointed unto man once to die. Well, where is this appointment came from? Genesis chapter 3 and verse 19. Thou shall return to the ground, for out of it was you taken, you were taken, you are dust, and you will return to the dust. It was appointed by God. Verse 27 of Hebrews 9. It is appointed unto men once to die, and after this the judgment. In other words, God is now promising Adam in this second covenant that men, a descendant of Adam and Eve, will go through the process of death, physical death. And then ultimately there will be a judgment. And so you notice, my dear friend, what we have really learned here, that Adam already died spiritually. To remind you, death means separation. Adam was already, him and his wife Eve were separated from God the moment they have eaten of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But now he is not only separated from God spiritually, he is separated from God. He is going to be separated from the body and the soul will be separated and Adam physically will die and Eve will physically die, and all their descendants. The body will go to the ground, return to the ground, because we are made from the dust. The soul and the spirit will return to God, and it is very interesting, because God have allowed the human race now to make a choice in receiving forgiveness, and by accepting God's forgiveness, he will allow them to enjoy eternal relationship with him. And so the promise in the second covenant is found in verse 15, Genesis 3.15, where God said that he will put an enmity between Satan and the woman and between Satan's seed and the woman's seed. And the woman's seed, which is the Messiah, he will crush the head of the serpent, the head of Satan, and the seed 
of the woman will totally annul the power of Satan, but it will cost him because Satan will bruise the seed of the woman. It has to do with the death of the Messiah. The Messiah will have to die, and we know that it is ultimately the person of the Lord Jesus the Messiah. Now notice that, in closing, that in Genesis chapter 3, after we read until verse 19, we find out what God have done to assure this promise. And in the meanwhile, until the seed will come, God made a provision for forgiveness. And so we read in verse 20 and 21, And Adam called his wife's name Chava, Eve, because she was the mother of all living. She will bring forth children now. And then we read in verse 21, Unto Adam and to his wife, the Lord God made coats of skin, and he clothed them. You notice, my dear friend, he made a promise that the seed of the woman will come in the future day, which is the Mashiach, the Messiah, who will once and for all will judge Satan and will provide redemption and forgiveness for those who will believe in God. But until the seed will come, God gave Adam and Eve a way whereby they can approach him. He himself made for them coats, in Hebrew, could not, of skins. In Hebrew, the word is or. And the word orot or or is the skin of an animal. This is the first time that an animal was killed and an animal was killed by God himself who is going to provide atonement for Adam and Eve, covering for Adam and Eve. The skin of the animal, whether it was a lamb or a ram, covered the nakedness of Adam and Eve, but the blood that this animal shed by dying made atonement for their souls. And in this we have a type and a picture of the future day when the Mashiach will come, the Messiah Yeshua who came in the fullness of the time, as God have instructed here, Adam and Eve, he will become the one that will make not only atonement, but will take away the sin of this world. So my dear friend, this is an unconditional covenant called the Adamic covenant. Brit im Adam, with a sure promise, that though God judge men, God will provide a Redeemer in the fullness of the time. And that Redeemer was none else but Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah, who was born to the Virgin Miriam in the city of Bethlehem, in the land of Israel. And he is the one who came in the fullness of the time and paid for the sin of this world. John the baptizer said, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of this world. How we praise God for providing for us the seed of the woman, our Lord and Savior, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah. God bless you, my friend. Until the next covenant, I will say to you, Shalom, Shalom. Shalom. 